the markets. We just can't get enough of them. Markets are the drivers of your wealth and investment strategy. Welcome to Magic Markets with your co-hosts, the Finance Ghost and Mohamed Nalla. Together, we have more than 25 years of combined experience in the markets. Our recent shows in Magic Markets Premium have included platforms like TripAdvisor, technology businesses like Salesforce, luxury consumer brands like LVMH and Aston Martin, and even an old-school industrials group like 3M. For just 99 Rand a month and no minimum commitment, there is no better way to learn about international stocks and how to research them. Visit magic-markets.com to sign up today. This podcast is brought to you by Anbro Capital Investments. Invest in the future, invest in growth. Visit investinunicorns.com to learn more. The Unicorn portfolio is managed by Anbro Capital Investments, an authorized financial services provider. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not financial or investment advice. Please speak to your personal financial advisor. Welcome to episode 137 of Magic Markets here with Craig Antonio of Anbro Capital, a voice that regular Magic Markets listeners will certainly know and love. Uh, Craig and, and Justin from Anbro have given us so many insights into growth stocks over the past year, year and a half or so through the cycle and lots to understand and a lot of crazy valuation movements up and down. But I think, Craig, something I've always appreciated about you is a nice, consistent approach to how you think about the world, actually. But before we welcome you, let me just say hello to Mo quickly before he feels left out. Hello, Mo, all the way from Canada. Hi, Ghost. Always a pleasure doing this with you. Always a pleasure hosting the team from Anbro as well. I I never feel left out because if I'm not chatting to the guys from Anbro or yourself on this podcast, we're chatting offline. Uh, And that's where some of the very interesting discussions happen. And then we say, let's take that to our listeners on Magic Market. So, Craig, always a pleasure, as Ghost has said, having you on the Magic Market show. And and today, I mean, we've just gone through a very busy U.S. earnings season. So I I just want to maybe start off with just a quick overview of you know, what Ambrose perspective has been on the latest earnings season out of the US? What were some of the results that stuck out for you? And then maybe let's narrow that discussion beyond that and focus a little bit on the tech sector, because that's where I think we've seen a lot of action. We've seen those stocks really dragging the index higher and some of those stocks starting to correct now, either before or even after the earnings that have put out, despite the fact that earnings haven't looked that bad. Craig, with that intro, welcome to Magic Market. Thanks, well. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you guys might be in the world, Mo and Ghost, you're happy to be here as always, and, and thanks very much for the time. Yes, I mean, it's been a very interesting earnings season so far, and, you know, I mean, running into this earnings season, people were very curious to see what the numbers would look like, because, you know, the, the markets had been on a massive run, you know, we had been in literally a five or six month continuous uptrend with very few dips and down days and the like and, and people are starting to wonder whether you know this sort of move was justified and obviously along the way there's been a heck of a lot of volatility particularly in you know the yield markets whether it be sort of junk bonds government bonds high yield credit um, you know whatever you want to look at in that yield space it's it's been incredibly volatile too and yet that sort of overlaid with this consistently strong market particularly in the tech space and everyone will say now well you know, are the numbers going to justify the moves? And to cut a long story short, I think, well, you know, we're getting to the end of the earnings season now. Almost all the S&P 500 constituents have reported, and now we're starting to go into the more sort of mid-cap, small-cap space, where, as you know, we do have a, a lot of exposure. And, you know, overall, I mean, it's interesting to see, but, you know, if you look at the numbers, earnings are actually down across the market about 6% on the quarter. 
which is a fascinating one. I mean, what we've, Justin and I have been thinking about over the last few months is that, you know, the market is getting quite ahead of itself because multiples have been extending, but against that, you have a macro backdrop, which is looking continually iffy. Interest rates have continued to rise. You know, you're starting to see wages, well, wages have continually risen as well, which is starting to put pressure on margins, you know, for companies too. If the economy is starting to slow down into that, and there are a lot of signs out there showing that that is the case, you know, then you're going to see margins come under pressure, profits come under pressure, and, you know, is this sort of run that we've seen this year not, you know, too much too soon, so to speak. And we're starting to see that come through in the numbers. So, yes, I mean, earnings are down 6%, and, you know, some of the culprits are, I think, across the S&P 500, that's down 6%. And some of the culprits are obvious. I mean, you've seen a big pullback in energy earnings and in um, materials or resource company earnings, which makes sense, right? I mean, oil prices were down a lot. Um, commodity prices are down a lot in the tech space where you know we tend to focus particularly in the unicorn portfolio it's been a bit of a mixed bag you know you've seen some really good numbers come out some that haven't been that great but the big numbers if you look at things like the consumer discretionary sector i mean earnings there were up about 88 percent and those earnings numbers are heavily skewed though you know to a couple of stocks that are in that consumer discretionary space so i mean the consumer discretionary really i mean there you're talking about the likes of amazon and tesla you know and then if you also look outside of that into communication services which is the second biggest earnings growth sector if you like in the s&p 500 this quarter that's some um, communication services and that's skewed toward things like meta google and netflix you know so you have these groups of stocks where, you know, if you look at the consumer discretionary, I mean, Amazon and Tesla are about 43% of that index. If you look at the um, consumer communication services index, sorry, you have, you know, Meta and Google, which combined weight of about 48%. If you add Netflix into that, it takes it to over 52%. You know, so you have a big impact in terms of earnings, but by a very small number of companies. And I think one's got to look through that and say, well, you know, how's the rest of the economy doing? How are the rest of the businesses performing? And we're starting to get to that piece now, you know, in the, as I said, as these smaller and more mid-cap type stocks start reporting. So I think all in all, I mean, you know, you alluded to the point, Mo, that markets look like they're starting to roll over a little bit now. You can see it in the likes of Apple, you know, Apple, the biggest stock in the market, down quite big on its earnings release down again yesterday and down again today you know the market's going to struggle to go up when you have the biggest stock by some way coming down and you know as apple was supporting the market going up it might turn out to be a bit of a drag on the markets coming down and a classic example was apple and amazon reporting on the same day right amazon had bumper earnings that were up almost nine percent on the day apple down three percent and the nasdaq closed negative so it's just the sheer weight, you know, of the, the like of Apple and particular micro and Microsoft as well, which coincidentally also seems to have rolled over after its earnings. So the two biggest cap stocks, you know, seem to have disappointed a little bit and they're starting to weigh now on, on the indices and, and the market as a whole. Craig, you've hit on so many important themes there. It's such a whirlwind start and it's great. You know, it's these indices that are dominated by one or two huge companies. Sometimes owning Apple is like, you know, owning the index. We're actually covering Apple in Magic Markets Premium this week. Mo, maybe we won't give away 
the answer because that's probably for our premium subbies. But, you know, we recently covered Meta and we think that the run there has pretty much had its day. So the point you made there is, you know, multiples have been uprated this year and yet the economic picture has deteriorated in the background. Obviously, on the JSE, we've seen that mining cycle play out in the energy stocks in a big way because the JSE is still quite mining heavy. And all the heavyweights, Glencore released this morning, HEPs down like 60%. You know, Anglo's reporting similar numbers. And they are still well above their previous sort of cycle lows. I actually just tweeted a chart on Glencore's earnings going back a few years. We're not here to talk about SA mining stocks, but the point is when you look at the US index, it helps to understand the constituents. I think that's the overall message coming through from you there. Yeah, and Craig, I just want to jump in and add maybe one thing here as well, which is you're 100% right in highlighting that earnings are actually down 6% quarter on quarter. But quite often the market looks at what were expectations and then they report on that. So they say, for example, Apple beat expectations. So there's always this disconnect between what's priced into the market versus what the actual trajectory is of earnings. And the reason I want to highlight that is if you look across the board, I think something like 75 or 80% of S&P companies reported to date so far have actually beat on earnings. Uh, they beat on revenues as well based on expectations but not necessarily based on where the overall number has been going. And that's very important, especially in a market where, like you said, you know, Apple continued running all the way up based on what does the future look like. And the reason I raise this is it's so important to contextualize that along with the guidance that's being issued by companies. You know, if you look at the guidance, not only are earnings down this quarter, but a lot of management out there are actually saying, well, we're guiding for a slower quarter next quarter as well. So I think that playing into the bigger macro picture, which is just so important from a macro, how do you position yourself? I was smiling when you said, you know, Microsoft's curled over, Apple's curled over, because in our free show about two, three weeks ago, and I was mentioning to Ghost and to our listeners as well, I'd taken some profit on Microsoft, so I was just lucky there, I guess. Uh, on Apple, I was I had this brave short. I think Ghost called it a stupid short, maybe. Listen, and- not lucky, not lucky. Oh, <laughs> just hang on one second. Just hang on one second. If I've learned a thing or two about techs, lucky. Someone messaged you, and said, hey, Mo, have you seen that there's nearly a double top in Microsoft? Listen to this, Craig. That, lucky. That, that's, lucky. That's where the luck comes from, right? The luck is having a friend like go saying, hey, look at your portfolio oh. and actually do something. The, now, the one time I get technicals right and Mo calls it luck. <laughs> it, it, it just means Ghost has actually been learning something from magic markets, which is cool. But, but Apple, you know, great case in point where solid stock, uh, brave short, it actually started rolling over just before results. And there I definitely did get lucky because, you know, I think the results were, you know, like I say, we're covering it in Magic Markets Premium Ghost. I'm not going to give that one away. But Craig, you had mentioned some interesting stocks to us still in the tech space. I want to maybe move the conversation towards there. And it's something in the semiconductor space. Now, we know semiconductors have been very topical. The ones that people talk about a lot tend to be Taiwan Semiconductor because of geopolitics, because they're the biggest in the market. In fact, that's a stock we covered in Magic Markets Premium some time ago as well. But the one you're mentioning and that you want to unpack for us this week is a stock that we hadn't heard about. And incidentally, it's a stock that's outperformed most of the other semiconductor stocks over the year to date and over the last 12 months. So why don't we jump into that, Greg? Sure. Well, I mean, the stock we'll talk about today is um, BE Semiconductor. Um, that's, you know, the short name, as, as people in the industry or in the market like to refer to it as, is Bessie. Now, Bessie is a, a sort of stock which... Not to be confused with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Eh? We now have <laughs> Bessie. This is just reminding me of my favorite animated movie, Cars. I'm pretty sure Bessie was the thing that Lightning McQueen had to use to fix the road, correct? <laughs> yeah, could easily have been. <laughs> um, 
But to your point, Mo, I mean, you said you know, it wasn't one that you had necessarily heard of, and I think not a lot of people have. You know, first of all, it's a it's a Dutch-based semiconductor company, which which does mean that you know, for anyone that tends to follow the U.S. markets, for example, which is most people, you know, they don't necessarily even know that a company like BE Semiconductor even exists. Also, the second thing is when you look at Dutch-based semiconductor companies, you know, there's the one behemoth in the room, and that, of course, is ASML Holdings, you know, which is the big Dutch, you know, semiconductor-type play, if you like. And then, obviously, there's the more common ones, Taiwan Semi, as you alluded to, which has, you know, got a, a global moat, and then, obviously, those that have been in the big news this year, like NVIDIA, and perhaps even something like AMD, you know, which has, you know, sort of caught all the ARH. Now, you know, Bessie or BE Semiconductor has sort of quietly sort of muddled along. It's a much smaller business than these others. You're talking about a market cap around the $5 billion mark, so significantly smaller than the likes of NVIDIA and ASML and Taiwan Semi and, and the like. But it's chugging along very nicely, and, and it's actually been a, a great performer for our portfolio and also, I think, for, for long-term investors. Now, the one thing we want to talk about when you talk about semiconductors is they do tend to be cyclical industries, right? So it's a cyclical business. You, know, you tend to see the, you know, the performance of the companies ebb and flow with market cycles and economic cycles. And you know, for South African investors, as something you alluded to, Ghost, it's you know, very much like, say, resource stocks, you know, where you have the good, the boom-bust sort of cycle in the space. And you know, the semiconductor market is, is no different. So you know, when it comes to, to these sorts of stocks, I think one's got to be quite careful in terms of when it is that you that you move into them and when it is that you invest in them. You know, the one reason that you know we've liked BE Semiconductor and why we continue to like it is that there's a very big catalyst coming in the space, which I think is going to help smooth out the cycle, if you like. And it's not AR. Um, which is an interesting one, right? So, um, you know, when everyone talks about um, semiconductors at the moment, it's the AR rage, and I think and that's been part of the reason why you've seen this massive run-up in the space. Now, what BE Semiconductor does, which is a little bit different, is, is they've got a new technology, and it's called hybrid bonding. Now, hybrid bonding is pretty much the epitome of Moore's Law, if you like, in chips. And how it pretty much works is, you know, they've found a way via this hybrid bonding system where you can actually, you can have a smaller chip, if you like, with much more capacity. And, um, you know, that's important when one looks at, say, conventional chips, particularly if you're looking at things like, you know, the, the continued evolution in the likes of cell phones, EVs, um, even, I suppose, AR, um, when it comes down to it is, you know, chips take up more and more space, they need to be more and more powerful if you like and if you can find a, a procedure to put more and more power into a smaller chip um, you know you're onto something and you know and this is pretty much where where hybrid bonding comes into place now what hybrid bonding does is you know instead of taking bumps between chips so you know so essentially what you do is you stack chips on top of each other and you use bumps to do it now the bumps take up quite a lot of space which obviously makes the size bigger what they've done is you know they've used a way of using copper to copper connections which actually eliminates a large amount of space you know relatively speaking and this is now going into a a market which is relatively nascent, if you like, and could be the next level of um, you know chip consumption, if you like, particularly for high-end chips, high-usage chips, and I think that's what makes this one particularly interesting. So you know, it's essentially, what happens at the end of the day, or when we look at a stock like this, is you have a 
a stock which is growing rapidly, which is profitable, which has lots of cash on the balance sheet, which pays a dividend, which buys back shares, and also fits the you know the growth profile, which is you know at Ambrose, you know, is something we, we like to focus on. So Craig, is that something in the portfolio currently or is that on your watch list? This is in the portfolio. So I just charted this thing. I can see why it's called Bessie. If anyone goes and finds the ticker, you'll also see why it's called Bessie. So it's you know, it's primarily listed in Europe, but it's OTC in the US, but usually the OTC stuff has enough liquidity especially if you're a smaller investor or a, you know, even a small to medium sized institutional fund, you can still get enough. 83% this year in dollars, Nvidia 212%, but uh, that of course is the bubble of our time. We'll see what happens there. Interestingly enough though, Taiwan Semiconductor Mo, or let me ask you that, oh, I've kind of given it away. Which one do you think has done better this year? Taiwan Semiconductor or Intel? Intel. I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> ask you if it wasn't an interesting Obviously, answer, right? right? Obviously. <laughs> Has to, well, I mean, yes, exactly. But it's, it's, it's almost neck and neck, right? So I've got Taiwan Semiconductor at 26.7%, Intel at 27.4%. Very interesting. So one coming off a high and one coming out of that dark hole in that Batman movie that people are trying to claw their way out of. That's basically what Intel is like. And then AMD at 76%. So NVIDIA, just the absolute outlier in this space. And interesting, Craig, that you, yeah, you guys are obviously looking at just, I don't want to use the term value because I don't think any of these are value stocks, but uh, maybe Intel a little bit, but looking for value within a broader sort of growth sector. Yes, well, I think, you know, if you look at something like BE Semiconductor, sorry, I think I, I said earlier in the chat, you know, the market cap was around $5 billion. It's actually more. It's about $9 billion. Sorry about that. But um, but the context of, you know, the, the market caps that we, you know, compare it to, something like Broadcom, for example, is over $300 billion. Qualcomm is $130 billion. I mean, NVIDIA's on a trillion, as they like to call it in the market. Um, Taiwan Semi, almost half a trillion. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, it's a significantly smaller business, which is one of the things we like to look at at, at Anbro. You know, smaller companies that have the opportunity to multiply in size. And, and I think this fits that space. Now, interestingly enough, you know, if one has to look at earnings forecasts for this one, I mean, you know, we're looking for earnings next year of about $4 a share or so. And, you know, if you look at it at sort of the current share price, despite the massive run, you know, that's going to put it on a forward PE of around about 25 or so, which, you know, you wouldn't argue is heck of a cheap per se, you know, but if you look at it in, in the growth context and compared to a lot of other growth companies out there, that's not expensive at all. So, you know, the important thing I think to realize is, is what is this opportunity and, you know, and how um, relevant it is in the market space and, and why, you know, the company can, can actually perform like we think it does. And I think the important thing about this hybrid technology is that it literally is a game changer because, I mean, what you're doing here is, you know, you're introducing a new technology which is cheaper than its previous generation. It offers spacing improvement of, 10 times the size, you know, so it's significantly costless and you get far more capacity out of it. And also the size of the market is significant, you know, so, you know, they're going to be selling these hybrid bonding machines, if you like, they've got about 250 orders or tools, if you like, that they'd like to place by 2026. And if they get that right, which is, seems like it really is on track to be done, that's just 35% of the wafer output market that they'd have exposure to, but only 2% of the market for memory players you know so the runway is considerable now the important thing is you know who are their customers you know and their customers are big big companies you know so you mentioned the likes of um you know taiwan semi well you know they're a client of them in this space you know so is foxconn so is samsung 
um, so is AMD, so is LG, you know, and then, you know, they go right back into the end product market as well, which is even things like smartwatches and cell phones, and we all know, you know, who the players are in that space. So you have a really big runway, you know, for this business, and I think that's what, what's keeping us interested in it. Obviously, you know, going over, you know, into a stock that's had a massive run like it is, or like it has had already, one's got to be a little bit careful, because, you know, if markets roll over, you know, 75% of stocks tend to follow the index, right? So if the market's falling, 75% of the stocks are falling. If the market's rising, 75% of stocks are rising. And although, you know, you know, companies that have done, you know, really well this year, if there's an opportunity for people to take profits and the markets look like they're rolling over, I mean, you wouldn't really be surprised to see the company dip, you know, and maybe there's a 10, 15, even 20% you know, correction in a in a share price like this as as people take profit. The important thing, I guess, is you know having your eye on the future and the long term opportunity, which is what you know we try to do at at Anbro all the time. Obviously, it, you know sometimes it it hurts you like it did last year. You know when everyone was heavily negative tech. I mean, you know the you know the volatility or the high beta of our portfolio can suffer, but ultimately when the markets rally you know, we make that back considerably. And I think as long as you're in the right sort of businesses, you know, we're, we're happy. And I think Bessie is, is one of these. Yeah, Craig, I mean, I think that's just super interesting. And, and thanks for clarifying. I mean, whenever we cover a stock here on Magic Markets, it's not necessarily saying, hey, go out there, buy the stock right now. We're out there highlighting, putting stocks on the radar uh, so that you can go and have a look and do your own homework. And again, sensitive to the fact that when I see a chart that goes up in a straight line like that, I do get a little bit nervous. Uh, but what's interesting for me, and again, I, I've got to thank you for sharing these ideas, is that you've put something on the radar that wasn't there necessarily. I mean, we've covered Taiwan Semiconductor, and in that analysis, we had actually uncovered stocks like Silicon Motion, you know, which is another small player. Uh, these smaller players either, like you say, supply into the value chains of the bigger players or in their own right become potential takeover targets. So that's what makes them so much more interesting than some of the larger players. But again, sticking to our 20-minute shortened format, unfortunately, that's all we have time for this week. So we hope as our listeners, you've enjoyed this chat with the Anbro team. Uh, just maybe as a quick wrap, Craig, where can our listeners find you if they want to engage with you, ask you a couple of more questions? You know, what's the easiest way to get hold of you, Justin, and the team at Anbro? Sure. Well, I mean, the easiest way is to just simply go through to our website, which is anbro.co. There are sub-websites, you know, which you could look at, you know, for both the Unicorn portfolio and the Ancomp Dynamic Compounding portfolio, which will give you more information on the portfolios. And obviously, then our emails are, are there as well, too. So, I mean, feel free to reach out and drop us a mail if there's anything you need to know or any questions you have. Fantastic. Craig, thanks so much. I've been attacked here on International Cat Day by my cat. Apologies. Apologies to listeners. This is what happens on International Cat Day. They just do what they want. Yeah, Craig, notwithstanding Ghost being attacked by his cat, thank you so much for being being on Magic Markets. Uh, and to our listeners, we hope you've enjoyed this. Find us on social media. It's at Magic Markets Pod, one word, or at Finance Ghost, or even at Mohammed Nala. Until next week, same time, same place. Thanks and cheers. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anbro Capital Investments. Invest in the future, invest in growth. Visit investinunicorns.com to learn more. The Unicorn Portfolio is managed by Anbro Capital Investments, an authorized financial services provider. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not financial or investment advice. Please speak to your personal financial advisor.